Another episode of Get Your Mind Right with Matt and Daniel. I am Daniel, and sitting across from me here is Matt. Hello, everyone. Hey, Matt. I think we've got a special guest today. Yeah, Daniel, we have Cornshack, someone that I am a longtime fan of. I've watched nearly all of his videos. He is a streamer and a YouTube content publisher who focuses a lot on the NES uh, or earlier era of video games. Just play it throughs, which I particularly enjoy. I like to watch those. It reminds me of my childhood as well as I get to see a lot of games that are that I could never beat. He beats them just with the stock amount of lives. And yeah, I so, feel like that's pretty much every game in the NES library for me. Right, yeah, yeah. Like I've never seen past level one. Let's watch Cornshack beat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He truly has an encyclopedic knowledge of video games. He's someone that should be respected in the video game community and we were very very lucky to have him join us on this episode Cornshack, i appreciate you taking the time to interview us today uh if you want to go ahead and start asking us questions i know you're a huge fan oh yeah yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me get out my notebook yeah yeah seriously man i cannot tell you how much i appreciate this i've been a fan of yours for a very long time and this is uh a little weird for me right now <laughs> i feel a little nervous about it i'm, I'm like, actually the one nervous i, I don't I, uh, this is like the first time i've really done something like this so then it's really cool man matt was the one that uh introduced me to you and yeah he's been been a big fan for a while now real cool that you agreed to do this we yeah, really, no problem really appreciate it thanks dude and we we do edit this up you know afterwards yeah, so yeah, you know I gotcha. yeah we'll we'll chop it up make it really nice uh, or daniel will yeah we'll, I make, will make you look bad no yeah no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you <laughs> I, I do a good enough job of doing it myself you know? right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I am Cornjack. I am a YouTuber, Twitch streamer, speedrunner, world record holder, video game collector, pro wrestling enthusiast, lover of all things alcohol, and I have been doing this for almost 10 years now. He is a heavier drinker than myself, which is saying something. <laughs> Uh, hi, everyone. Hope everyone's having a good day. <laughs> well, man, I, I want to tell everybody a really kind of quick story about how I came to find your channel. And it was actually through, I guess it's a group of guys called, is it Rhett Supre or Supre? Rhett Supre. It's, um, it's like if you were saying Let's Play with a bad English accent, that's where uh, it came from. Oh, anyway. okay. that's awful, yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, I, I happened upon one of their videos. You know how YouTube does where somehow you just end up in the uh, vortex. Yep. I, I came across that and it was immediately clear to me that you were doing something that you loved, that you wanted to do. You were, you know, proud of it. You were giving information about some things and they were just ripping on you, man. And I got really mad. I'm no, I don't really get mad at things on the internet. That's one that really stuck with me. I mean, yeah. I, I was trying to flag those videos. I wanted, I was trying to go after it. It was like, let <laughs> <laughs> like I want to know where these guys live. Like I was like, <laughs> I was seriously mad. And then um, I just went to your channel and was like, man, this is awesome because I work on a lot of projects that take a long time to do. And so as I'm working on things, I would just have a laptop up with one of your play it throughs or, or have your stream going, and it was just became a part of my life. Like it was just, oh yeah, of course, corn checks going to be on. <laughs> so you know, that's awesome. But, but yeah, but one of the things I wanted to ask you. How did that negative attention impact your personal life? Um, I won't. I don't know if it really impacted my personal life at that point. At, at that time when that happened, I started doing my YouTube channel in October of 2007, and um, actually October 27th. This is one of those things when you start up a YouTube channel, you kind of like remember the date. So it was something that was still new to me, YouTube in general, but it seemed to be growing. Because this is way back. Like YouTube is not wasn't like it is now. It's completely different. Yeah. It's you know. It wasn't wasn't even like the court like it's so corporate now on youtube it's ridiculous but 
Right. So, at, at that point, that, that was before the Google acquisition. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. So like it, everything was very different. I had never like I've always had interest in potentially doing something with video games and all that. So uh, when I got into like the whole Let's Play thing, I had no idea of the politics that went behind Let's Plays. Let's Plays actually started from a message board called Something Awful, which is where the Retsu Prey stuff came from. And apparently they coined the term Let's Play and they created it. Supposedly with the way it was originally created, and I may get some details wrong here and there, but every game out there could only be Let's Played by one person and one person only, whether it was a text Let's Play or a video Let's Play. And that was it. No one else was allowed to touch certain games or anything like that. But when YouTube gamers got a hold of the concept of Let's Plays, everyone started to slowly do Let's Plays. And even back then, there was a lot of Let's Players doing multiples of the same game because there's people that love a lot of the same exact games. And it apparently started an issue with something awful. And for them to get back at YouTube and say, hey, we're the ones who created Let's Plays. This is our thing. Uh, we're going to go ahead and search what they said, at least at the time. They were going to look for the absolute worst Let's Play available and make fun of them and for whatever reason when they searched super mario brothers 2 my video was the very first one that came up and was one of the very first retsu praise they ended up doing when i first saw it someone um pointed it out to me it's actually i won't mention names but was another he's actually big in the speedrun community still now um but anyway he was the one who kind of pointed me to towards it and was like he thought it was funny and initially when i first saw it, of course i was mad about it i didn't know exactly why i was being attacked and then that's when i got into it and apparently it was the whole something awful versus youtube let's play community and um I was on the course the YouTube side of things and I started to get involved with that community like it was a message board of let's players and stuff like that and it was kind of cool but slowly but surely once I got involved I was like I even at that point this is 2007 I was like I don't feel like getting involved in internet drama it's not something right. I ever have been a fan of I don't flame people I very rarely even post my opinion on like a topic that's not something of my like on my own Facebook or my own YouTube or something like that I I, I don't seek right. it yep. at the same time that that happened I was going through a lot of stuff in my personal life at that point anyway i was in between jobs i didn't know what i wanted to do i had just gotten out i had just dropped out of college so i was doing a lot you know retail work at that point it was like right before i started working for gamestop and i had some other stuff going on with my family and other drama so at that point once the ret supre thing was going on and this lasted like a good month of just constant these two groups flaming one another and causing you know making videos and drama and all this stuff i pulled the plug i was just like i don't i have enough stuff to worry about my own life i don't have time to deal with this so i i pulled the plug on the channel and deleted my original youtube channel which oh, wow. which in hindsight was a mistake i shouldn't have i like i think everybody that was interested came back once i reopened it or opened the new channel but still like i just did it because i was just like i'm done with this i need to focus on you know my personal life so right. um i ended up reopening it a few weeks later because some people i had an email or whatever and they were emailing me hey what happened a couple people even posted videos asking like what happened to me on like youtube now you know it's not like so it was easy to come across like people point me in their direction hey like people want to see your stuff like they wonder what happened to you because i didn't put a video or anything saying that i was leaving because i didn't think anyone would care if i left at all yeah um, yeah that's cool to be pointed to fans that really were there and and wanted to see your stuff and everything yeah that's, that's and, a big reason for coming back yeah yeah and there's and a lot of them are still watching or at least you know partially still watching my stuff nowadays and they were the reason why i decided you know what maybe i'll give it another shot but i'm going to drop myself from the community as far as like the message boards and the flame stuff and all that if it comes at me let them come at me but i'm not going to retaliate and that's when i reopened my account which was april 20th 2008 uh and that's the channel that is still up on youtube and the one i still use today but um i wouldn't say like i never let it bother me in my personal life like i wasn't being caught up at night worrying about that i had too much i had bills to worry about i have family issues yeah. to worry about i had way too much on my plate to really care if youtubers or somebody on youtube was you know making fun of me or whatever it may be for that video if anything it just made motivated me to keep doing what i was doing but improve it for myself not because they're saying they didn't like this part or they were making fun of this i yeah. wanted to do better for myself and that's kind of how i started building the youtube channel up that's awesome man it's kind of weird to find out that i was potentially more pissed off than you <laughs> a lot of, that's I, you're not the first like a lot really? of people have said that it came in the place out they you know that really angered me and all that like i said yeah. I, i'm not gonna say i wasn't mad at all i you know when it first happened i was but eventually i just kind of got over it nowadays if someone brings it up especially if someone i'm at a gaming convention 
mention or even on my live stream, if someone yeah. comes in and mentions nothing but Luigi or something, you know, some Red Super yeah. reference, I right. usually respond back with another reference from it. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, like it's what it is. It's a part of what you do. If you can't make fun of yourself, you can't expect to entertain others. Like that's just yeah. one of those yeah. things uh, that I've always felt in every line of war, whatever it was I was going to do. Can't take yourself too seriously. I well said, absolutely man. agree. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you were, you know, maybe able to find some solace in the fact that the videos themselves were not necessarily an attack on you specifically, but it was, you know, due in large part to this other beef from the yeah. uh, Let's Play message boards and, and that thing. And there's a couple other YouTubers at that time who got it. The relentlessness of them was far worse than what I ended up getting. I got two videos of mine that were done that are still up. The Red Supraiser of them are still up with whatever amount of views they have. Um, but there was people that got it far worse and um, they, they egged it on too. Like it was part of it because they, you know, if you don't, if something like with, just to bring it to something I'm another fan of, pro wrestling when a wrestler plays a trick on another wrestler in the locker room you know ribbing them if a wrestler doesn't sell it you know bring it up make you know make a big deal out of it the person goes away they don't bat you know they don't do something to that guy again and uh i didn't i just completely ignored it and i guess it was just boring to keep going after me because i wasn't going to give them a response if they necessarily want it weren't going to respond yeah yeah don't I, feed the troll exactly yeah, yeah. It, i mean that being said if you ever you know, do you want to roll up on these guys? I will. You know. <laughs> I, um, they, they actually make appearances at video game conventions randomly. And I waited for the be at a convention where they're at. And I just, I would, I just, I just want to go to the panel. And if there's any oh, point dude. where they, you know, questions or whatever, I would like to just stand up and be like, you know, and do that. Like as a playful thing. Cause I, like I said, I'm oh, not great. I'm not doing it, you know, out of mouse. I don't really care about it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, no, I would love to be able to just just to see that reaction. It'd be interesting. Make a that'd be so fun... funny, man. Like, yeah, like everybody there would love that too. <laughs> exactly. Like, make a fun moment out of something that's been going on now for as long as it has. I mean, it's almost ten years. It's like nine years almost at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you, well, you know what's kind of weird about that? Like, you still have not played through every NES game. No, nah, I, I there's still a lot of games. Um, I kind of you know I I break it up by um the way I do my videos. Um. You know, I have monthly themes I like to kind of cover. Yeah. Um, so it's slowly I'm getting through the NES library. Eventually, I want to say that I've beaten every single NES game. But uh, no, there's still quite a few I've never gotten a chance to tackle yet. That is, I mean, like that speaks to that catalog and how massive it was. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I, I always get the exact number wrong, but it's around 700 licensed games and then about another 60, 70 unlicensed titles, you know, like your, wow. like Tangens and Codemasters and Color yeah. Dreams games. Um, like Bible Man. Yeah, Bible Adventures and yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, so there's, there's, and there's always more stuff. I, I there's Japanese only games. There's a ton of those. Uh, and then I've just recently started messing a little bit with ROM hacks more so than I have been in the past. And, so there's just endless amounts of material to cover for the NES alone, let alone any yeah. other system. When you uh, when you broadcast a um, playthrough of an NES game, are you actually playing on the NES or is it through an emulator? Um, I've always used um, – I always practice on a real system with real game, and I refuse to actually play a game usually for a video unless I actually personally own a copy of it. Um, it's, I would love to get a flash drive one day, the EverDrives, so that it's easier I can play everything I want, even ROM hacks on my actual NES. Uh, but I've, I've always done my videos through an emulator using a usually a screen cap program. Um, it's changed over the years because screen cap programs have gotten better, so I don't need to use the old ones I used to use, like Cam Camtasia was like the very first one I ended up using. Um, yeah. But I use uh, a USB uh, NES controller um, that hooks right into my computer, and I play using that. That's cool. I was watching your stream one night, you know, just doing my thing, working on stuff, and you had what I would call a small meltdown that actually... Uh, stopped me from working on my stuff and my entire focus was on your stream at this point <laughs> and uh it was about okay you you were just kind of getting fed up with twitch and youtube ah, okay yeah oh my gosh it was like it was one of the best things i've ever seen and like you, like you were mad but every point you were making was incredibly correct so it was like i you know, and I've I've noticed it was a lot of things I noticed, but just kind of let it go because I I mean I don't really know that much about those communities. But basically, I just watch you 
you know. <laughs> so, but what I've noticed about just the thumbnails and things you see in the very, very popular YouTubers or Twitch streamers, um, it's basically like some dude with an expensive haircut yelling about things and insulting people, or there's just some girl showing like a huge amount of cleavage that's kind of bad at the game but everybody's donating and giving her money because you know there's there's titties yeah because yeah yeah because because tits and because why not i guess i want you to tell us a little bit about the struggles that you've gone through trying to grow your channel and have you ever felt pressure to move your channel in the direction of those trends um well like a lot of times like a lot of people with with the way i talk about things you were talking about being mad and part of it is anger but a lot of it is also just passion of what i do Uh, because i like to when i go when i get going on a rant (laughs) um it, it can you know it can go off the handle sometimes but i always try to keep it at why i'm ranting about something instead of trying to say about minute little tiny things that honestly don't matter but the, the thing about it is uh, I mentioned a little bit earlier how much YouTube has changed and it's become corporate. And that's exactly what it is. It's like the corporate um, I w- Hollywood-esque, if you want to say, like you said, expensive haircuts. And the way things have changed on YouTube and Twitch, you're not going to be able to get on either one nowadays and just do what I did eight, nine years ago and get any sort of viewership anymore, unfortunately. Unless you're able to get a boost from somebody else, uh, or you're um, some like you have to really put yourself out there to either gimmick wise or doing something different that other people haven't. Um, because I people always ask me, you know, how can I get into YouTube or how can I get into Twitch or how can I do this or that uh, with you know like what I've been doing. It's like the only reason I'm able to do what I've done now is because I have been doing it for as long as I have uh, to slowly build up that base uh, right, so that right. I can even do what I'm doing. If I started now with the same exact approach I had then, it, who knows? I doubt I would have. You know, I probably would have stopped doing it already, just because it, it, wow. it, there is it's. Because I, I, I and I have friends and other viewers that put up let's play videos, and you know, I I try to. It's one of those things where it's like I want when doing videos, always do it for yourself and for fun, and you know, enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it then there's really no sense in doing what you're doing. But at the same time, if people want my advice on what they can do to improve their channels or what they can do to maybe get seen by more, uh, I have no problem giving that. But it's that balance of being able to tell someone flat out to their face, you know what, it's like, you want what are you doing this for? Are you doing it just because you want to or because you eventually want some sort of following? And I can always give them, you know, there's tips based on, you know, what they should do. Uh, but as far as like me on those trends, I'm number one, first and foremost, I don't, I'm not gonna destroy my own integrity to do anything. I've always tried to, no matter what it was on YouTube or Twitch, I'm going to say how I feel about things. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for other people. They don't like me for who I am or for whatever I'm doing. Cool. You know, that's their prerogative. They can do whatever they want. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to change it just because I think, by doing certain things is it going to automatically improve my channel uh the biggest way to kind of grow channels nowadays on twitch especially in youtube because it's so saturated is by doing collaboration videos or by piggy basically piggybacking off of other people either people that are about the same level as you or maybe someone above you or whatever it may be and try to use them in order to get seen by a few more people that maybe you weren't being seen by before and that's a lot of what like with twitch uh at the end of a stream you always try to raid or send your people or host another stream and hope that that person would thus in turn host you one day or raid you one day right Um, but when i've been doing it for as long as i have it's and i see how other people did it and how people have become you know established people that i used to be friends with or people that i am still friends with uh, i've seen how they've grown and i know why they've grown because of who they've talked to and who they they piggybacked off of but i'm the kind of person that i'm never going to do that for the sheer fact of boosting myself i have to like somebody if i'm going to um you know raid them or if i want to have anything to do with them would it be a youtube collaboration or something like that i i'm not doing it i don't want to make friends just to better myself i think i hate using people Uh, i think that's absolutely like the worst thing you can do as far as like using Mm. like trying to become friends with someone for the sheer purpose of bettering or improving what you already are doing like i'm not really into that kind of stuff which has hurt me because that's one of the reasons why i'm at the level i am now instead of 
what I could potentially be. But man, I'll tell you, man, that's what drew me to you was that in just a few short minutes of watching anything you're doing, you can tell that you are an extremely genuine person. It's very evident that you are not like uh, the other people and that you're actually putting putting out a better product, in my opinion. Um, I think that's great what you said. And I hope that, uh, you know, with whatever we're doing here, that we can strive to hit those goals as well. Yeah, I wanted to say, and I feel like with you talking about that and and people piggybacking off of other people and, and, you know, kind of how hard it is to get a following that I feel like there's some parallels there. You know, we just started doing this podcast not long ago. Right. And I mean, really, for both of us, the idea of putting something on the Internet and actually wanting to get it out there, you know, have people listen, have people watch. That is kind of a foreign concept. And a lot of the things that it seems like you might need to do to gain traction, like you're talking about now, I don't know, they just feel kind of dirty. Yeah, (laughs) just, yeah, yeah, kind of, you know. Like, yeah, Daniel, just get those ass cheeks open real quick. (laughs) I'll I'll give you 50,000 followers. Right, no, it's, uh, and I I get that feeling. I I know how it is. I've, I've, there's been times where I've, like, you know, I start doing certain things when it comes to um, either, you know, uh, collaborating with people or something like that, and I just start to realize, like, you know, I do feel bad for even doing it. I I feel bad if, like, I go to, you know, if I read someone or whatever, and they start talking about everything I do, I don't know. I'm weird like that, whereas, like, I I don't take praise, I don't take praise very well at all. That's something that, is a personal trait of my own. Like nothing I do is ever good. Like I hate almost like as a creator, I hate like, everything I've done. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, I'm pretty, I feel, I'm pretty. I, yeah. I feel like that probably is the hallmark of great creators. Is yeah. To, you know, to constantly be very self-critical, you know? Yeah. Like I, it's like I do a, I finish a review and I'm just like, that was, uh, I feel like it was absolutely atrocious. And then people are commenting, you know, oh, this is great or whatever. You never know. Like sometimes people are just saying it just to say it, or do they actually mean it? Like what, so I always some quite. Even if someone says yeah. directly to my face, that was a great video, and I'm just like, are they just saying that because I'm standing here? Or are they saying, you yeah. know, like yeah. why, why? But um, I do the same stuff, man. Yeah, are you saying that because you think that I could take you in a fight? Or right. yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I meet a lot of people, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, you know, especially at a convention and all, I talk to some people, and they're like, wow, you know, like I know they're not going to say anything back. It's like I, unless they're like taller than me, which I don't get very often, being like six foot four. <laughs> Right. That, that's that's how tall I am. Man. Yeah. So yeah. it's like yeah. Not, yeah. very rarely is someone going to say something like that to me directly. Right. So I'm always like, are you just saying that because, you know, whatever rate, reason it may be? Yeah. yeah we could take it outside the convention, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. We can do this. Yeah. <laughs> And we both got passes. We can get in the back door. Right. You know, we can go out too. <laughs> so I will tell you right now, I mean, as this is speaking as someone who can also not take a compliment, you're seriously doing a great job, man. Uh, and everything you do, all, all of your efforts are noticed by at least me, you know, at least one person. As I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking you, I'm speaking uh, as, as honest as I can, man. It's, it's, it's really good. I very that, much that, appreciate it. That's the important thing. That I, I feel like feeds back into kind of what you were saying. I feel like it really needs to be evident that it's a labor of love. You know, it's something that you really are passionate about and you want to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it is I don't like and I, I see it all the time with YouTubers, Twitch streamers and all that, where you can just tell honestly, like their heart isn't into whatever. Like they didn't. And there's nothing wrong. You can do whatever you want. Like that. Let me make that clear. Like, I don't care what someone does. If they want to do something, whether they have any connection to it or actual love for something, that, that's their thing. They can decide to do it but i just as far as what's going to entertain me or what i enjoy watching i can tell when someone's like just phoning in a video or phoning in their love for video games or whatever it may be and i'm just like you know what like i'm not going to say anything to them i just usually you know click the x on the tab i have open and go on to (laughs) something out that's just how i end up reacting so when i find someone who generally loves whatever it is that i'm you know like video games, I always immediately like this person's awesome, and I, you know, that kind of thing. That's cool, man. And this this kind of goes into the next question a little bit. You having kind of an encyclopedic knowledge of video games, I would consider I would consider you to be like a video game historian. Like you have the, <laughs> you have you. credentials for that, man. So, what would you change about Twitch or YouTube to kind of promote you guys versus some I don't know some body that's just bought Call of Duty and has a million followers and I mean, I feel like there should be something done on the corporate level to sort of highlight and separate out like this guy knows his shit. 
you know yeah no i i i took like like not even just for like the help that person get known but for like you as a viewer for you to be able to find people that you're also interested in like the worst thing is the the whole statement of the rich always get richer and the poor stay poor and that's how twitch and youtube are they're only about promoting and building up the people that they've already established. And once they establish someone at all, they're going to promote them and push them as much as humanly possible. Or if said person is backed by a corporation that's thus funding them uh, in any way, shape, or form, they're going to, of course, then push them. They're just – I've always been like – I've always been for helping other people, smaller people, like as far as YouTube, Twitch, all anything in life, just in general. If I see something I like, I want people to know about it, regardless if it's a huge thing or not. Uh, there, right. it, I've always believed that if you keep helping other, if you help the smaller channels, the ones that are already big are going to stay big, unless they do something to completely screw up it for themselves, which they were going to do anyway. It has nothing to do with other channels getting views. The more people you promote, that's just growing everything for you as a corporation like uh, Google owning YouTube or Amazon owning Twitch, you promote smaller streams or smaller YouTube channels. It's just going to help everything. You know, um, there should be ways to, it's harder to do on Twitch. Cause I, I honestly have backed away in some ways from Twitch in, in as far as um, what I'm going to spend my free time watching. Not that I have a whole lot of free time to watch other videos. Cause I'm always doing my own stuff, but putting on his background noise is what I pretty much do for Twitch still. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, so, but on YouTube, just, if you click on, like, a single, like, you start a brand new YouTube channel, what drives me insane is if you start, like, a brand new channel, you just create it, like, your, you know, username, you watch one of my videos, just one, and then you watch nothing else, you're immediately hit with recommendations for all the gigantic YouTube channels oh, that are related yeah. to gaming, and it drives me Nuts. Like, for example, right now, if you go on YouTube and just hit trending and go to gaming, find yeah. me something in anywhere where you can just dis- where's the discover button, like discover right. new videos that are yeah. just starting to grow at all and help those people get big. Because once they get big, everyone, it just keeps growing. Like, you know, there's yeah. it's entertainment. Like, there's not enough. There's never too much of it. There's going to be enough people out there to, you know, support all these different various things. Um a lot of people, I, I've been, you know, one thing when I when I tell people what I do for, you know, because this is my job uh, at this point, that, you know, they'll be like, why aren't you bigger? Or why aren't you this? Or why? It's like, it has nothing to do with the quality of what you do. It's just people have to find it. And that's the hardest yeah. thing about being a content creator is just being able to find it. So if there's one big thing I could change on Twitch and on YouTube would be add a discover category. And that way, just and have it rotate randomly. Just have it a new like just random videos pop up there on that thing, and that way people can discover new channels and you know you know see whatever ends up sticking. You throw enough stuff at the wall and see whatever sticks. So that's what I would do. They need a discover option. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because even if okay, like if I did that scenario where I watched one of your videos, it's going to be like, oh, you like video games? Check out PewDiePie. Yeah, immediately. Like, well, yeah, I mean, like what the hell. It it should be like you know maybe it is still in the realm of video games, but show some other people um, that are doing the same thing. M- maybe even like people from your contact or like your following list, right? Or, people I follow you know, or people right. that I link to or whatever it may be. Right? Yeah. Like I mean, in that way, it's like further promotion that that you can then help people do, and like and it's almost like a passive promotion uh, to where you don't have to actively go out and say check this channel out. It's just because you're checking it out, other people can see that, oh, Cornshack likes it. I bet I'll like it too. Right. Exactly. So, I, that yeah. is perfect. Or, like, uh, you know, yeah, like in the related channels, you know, you could set maybe uh, an option to not have popular channels pop up there, you know, yeah. like kind of related channels. And, and yeah, just to weed out the, the, the top players. Yeah. And, Exactly. Yeah, really, like, really find some something that you might really like, you know. Yeah, especially. I mean, there's so many people out there doing content that I, I, it's impossible for me to come across them. Just like unless I'm searching something very specific. I always ask people though, like, how did they they discover my channel in the first place? Like, what brought them there? Because uh, organically, of just happening is a very rare occurrence. So they just like you know, it had to be they searched for a review or a playthrough of a certain game, and that's usually how they ended up coming across my channel. That makes sense, man. You've got a lot out there yeah oh yeah at this point i have no idea like a couple thousand yeah and this is, is this is actually a, a kind of a throwback to one of the first questions that matt asked you here but how many people would you say have joined your channel and become followers because of of all the bad youtube press that you got 
I have no idea, of course, of like an exact number or anything like that. But there, I still consistently will get random people that will be like, oh, wow, I saw you from the Red Supre and I, wow, your channel's actually awesome. Like, I get that. That's happened That's cool, man. a lot. Like, I, I don't know how many, you know, dozens and dozens of times. But at the same time, that's just from the people that are vocal about it. You you never know about the silent, pe you know, majority, you know, people that are watching yeah. or how they ended up discovering you, uh, which is also a, a detriment sometimes, too, because you're just like you're doing a video and you put it up and you're like, why isn't this video doing very well view wise? Like what what happened? Like, why isn't it? getting watched and you can't ask anyone because they're always going to be silent no matter um no matter right. what the case may be but um no there's a lot of people that have definitely discovered me from red supre or from whatever it may be and you know it kind of turns them they're like oh the red supre whatever you know and now i actually like you your channel's awesome so you know whatever i'm gonna try to take it in a slightly different direction a little lighter you know I just, <laughs> and of course <laughs> we've got we've got we've got we've got corn shack on. I gotta talk about some games. One of the best parts about playing games when I was younger was when one of my parents would take an interest in that game. And there was one of the videos, one of the play it throughs I was watching. I really wish I could remember which one it was, but you'd mentioned having a really good time playing it with your mom. And Daniel and I both have some stories about when uh, one of our parents would play a game with us. But I've always wanted to know, ever since I saw that play it through, how many games did you play with your mom? And like, was, is she still, you know, maybe involved in uh, doing some things with you? And does she remember playing any games? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was probably Milan Secret Castle. I don't know if that's for sure what video it was, but I'm just going to... Yeah. It's probably that video because that's my mother's personal, like, favorite game. Like, my mom's not much of a gamer. She was much more back then, like, in, in the 80s. Like, everyone was playing Nintendo, so... Uh, and she played Atari prior to that. But like my early, some of my earliest memories, of course, with gaming was either playing with my parents or watching them or family members uh, play games. Like I said, uh, Milan Secret Castle is a game that my mom and dad uh, had to like call like the Nintendo hotline kind of thing in order to figure out how to beat it. Like they sat there all night and played it. Uh, and and like this, I was really young at that point, you know, a year or two old uh, whenever they actually did that. But still, that's like the kind of a, the memory with it. Um, I, my dad played games probably more so than my mom. So when I got slightly old, like we would play, um, when, especially Sega Genesis, uh, we played, he loved, he, he's, he was, uh, in the air force. So he loves anything with planes, helicopters, that kind of deal. And, uh, so he played a lot of the Genesis class. They were on super Nintendo as well, but we played them on Genesis, uh, desert strike, uh, jungle strike, urban strike. Uh, I have a yeah. lot of fond memories of, of playing those taking turns, figuring out what we need to do and, and being those games and uh also um sports was the big thing of course so i play a lot oh, yeah. of, i play a lot of baseball and my my favorite sport is baseball period even nowadays it's my favorite but the reason why i grew to love sports in general was through video games because that's how i learned how they worked like i didn't know that like I, you could have probably uh -huh. sat there and taught me every rule of the games <laughs> um but like if you're just saying it to me it would have probably gone in one ear and out the other but video games allowed me to kind of figure out you know, the rules, like, why am I getting a penalty for doing this in Madden? Yeah, or, you yeah, know, yeah. Why did the ball, you know, what? oh, the, that was foul. Why was, you know, why wasn't that a home run? And there's little nuances about rules of sports I started to learn from games. And I just, like, that's what got me in uh, even more so into sports. So it was like the combination. I would play games with my dad, sports games. And then we would watch football and baseball. And I slowly started to be able to, like, contribute once in a while to something, you know, and that yeah. kind of started that bond. Um, you know, that was one of the ways, one of the many ways I've been able to bond with my dad over the years. That's cool. Yeah. But the, um, the actual biggest influence family wise for me was um, my great aunt, uh, Bridget and my, he's, he's, it's technically your first cousin once removed or whatever, basically my other great aunt's son um, who yeah. I called my uncle Jason uh, they, those two, um, were like kind of the nerd, more nerd sci-fi esque, especially my uncle Jason. So he's the one who got me into stuff like Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale back in, you know, in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, my aunt Bridget, she was the one who introduced me to Star Tropics, which is absolutely oh, one of my favorite yeah. games, you know, you know, it's top five games for me all time. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, so that was one of those things. I, I, my mom, when my parents split up at one point for several years, so I had to get babysat a lot by various family members. And anytime I got babysat by my my aunt, I would go over during the summer, of course, you know, out of school and all that. And that's we played Sega Master System and the original NES, which is she was the only person I knew as a kid that had a Master System because. Like I tell my friends about these games are like, what system? Oh, you mean a Genesis? No, it's another Sega system. Like, you know, like no one had a clue what it was. Yeah, that's I, awesome. yeah, yeah. That was definitely a, a unorthodox system. I mean, you know, I had a neighbor, and uh, I want to say Alice Kid in Miracle World was and that's like, a, like the like that's like the proverbial Mario title almost for the for the Master right, System. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I remember him playing that, and me being like, "What in the world is this?" You know, because I had an NES at the time. You know. Yeah. Like but, I, I grew up in one of those like you know not it was lower middle class neighborhoods and all that. So like everyone had like there was oh, yeah. the kids that had like the major NES. Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, but there was always that one kid or one family that ended up having the stuff like the Master System or the Saturn or the Turbo Graphics 16 or Sega CD. Even yeah, like I, yeah. I, as a kid, I was like, we, my, I had one friend who had a Sega CD, and I'm just like, it was like he always would brag about it. And now nowadays, you look back and it's like, <laughs> other than a couple yeah. of handful of games, like Sega CD was not all that great, you know? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one. I had a neighbor that had a. Uh... The Sega Master System, and and I went to school with one kid that had a TurboGrafx-16. <laughs> and I, I remember going to a skate party, uh, you know, like a, at a skating rink yeah. at, for his birthday, and he got Slaughterhouse. Uh, Splatterhouse? Or Splatterhouse, yeah. yeah. I guess looking back on it, I don't know, maybe not the best thing. For like a you know, oh, yeah, it's one ten of year olds, yeah, yeah, kids. I, I was one of those kids that always would go to the arcade. I was uh, in my neighborhood. We had a um, you know roller skating rink not far from my house, which worked as also like part arcade. So I all I'd be like, I tell my parents I'm going to Skateland for you know to hang out or whatever. But I was never skating. I was just going there to hang out the arcade. And it was all the oh, yeah, all, dude, all the yeah, all yeah. the older kids would play Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat. And that's how I got into, like, the fighting community at all. I was, like, you know, really young, much younger than a lot of the teenagers that were playing there. But I learned how to play so I could compete and actually get time on the system so I could play yeah, stuff like yeah. Mortal Kombat. Me and Matt, where we grew up, the skate center there, they had a uh, tur- Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Yeah, which oh, either yeah. the yeah. Yeah, arcade or Turtles in Time, either one of them had arcade cabinets. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. It was not Turtles in Time. It was, like, the original. Okay, yeah, like, the original arcade and- game. Yeah, I man, and X Men, the oh the beat 'em up uh, X Men, the six yeah. the six player cabinet for X Men in particular. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, had, yeah. it had the two screens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like pumping quarters into that on a couple of occasions until you know we won. But, yeah, <laughs> man, that brings me to the point of like I guess before that and dealing with like NES games. You know, me and Matt are uh, thirty four, and we kind of grew up with NES. You know, we we got NESs for our homes and everything, and that was like huge deal to us. You know, as children. But uh, the idea for me of actually getting to the end of an NES game was completely foreign. Like I, I didn't really think that that was even a thing. Like I think. <laughs> You know, yeah. like I figured you just kind of like got to where there were no more levels, almost like Christopher Columbus falling off the edge of the edge world. Of the world you yeah. Know? Like, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, OK, it's it's over because I can't play anymore, you know. Right. <laughs> but with the NES, I had a great memory of playing Legend of Zelda. And my stepfather at the time would be like my cartographer, you know, before I found the map for the right. dungeon. Yep. Yeah, he, he'd write it on a graphing paper. He would like draw out, you know, all the rooms and everything. We'd try bombs on every wall. Oh, and, yeah, of course. Oh, man, it was great. Yeah. That, that was a really cool experience for me, having my parents actually be involved in, oh, yeah. Inter- yeah. in yeah. video games. I, I had one really quick one I just wanted to throw out there. And this is, I remember there was, you know, there's an NES game called Millipede, I think. Yeah, based on the arcade uh, game, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, there, I guess there's a difference between Centipede and Millipede. Like, and, <laughs> uh, you know, it, so. Um, it's a thousand and a hundred, right? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a much larger. My mom got so addicted to this game that she would play it in my room i had like a really small tv hooked up to the <laughs> she'd play it in my room like while i was asleep 
And then one, <laughs> one time she got like a you know a really good score, like a really impressive score, and like actually woke me up on a school night to show me the score, and I, I had to like validate it for her. You, you know, you're my validation. I've gotten this score. And I'm going <laughs> to tell people about it. I, I will never forget that because I I was like a little mad. I was like, you have you have to let me sleep. Like I'm sure I had like some test or whatever the uh, next day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's in there playing damn millipede. Like, That's funny. <laughs> yeah, man. The NES games back then. I mean, when you turned them off, that was it. I mean, that's it for, for yeah. the most part. I remember yeah. I, I got kind of far in Blaster Master and uh, trying to leave the NES powered on all day while I was at school. And my mom had like done some cleaning and turned it off. Of course, I got of home and I was like, no. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know those hurt. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so that being said, about playing with the parents and them being involved, what is a game? Now, I I don't have any children. Uh, Daniel Daniel has a son. Uh-huh. Yep. And he is four, right? Yep. Do Do you have any kids, Cornshack? No, I do not. So we yeah, we're kind of on the same page. Like, I, and I was I'm actually been thinking about this all day. Like, what is a game that you would want to play with your kid? Like, what What is something that you would want to share with them? Uh, and it could be from you know any system, any 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 game. Um, I mean, like the the games that I like the first games that I played are like the same ones I would like as far as introducing a kid the the gaming be uh, your typical platformers, your Mario. Like, it's a very basic way to learn how to play games or how games work you like learn by trial yeah. and error of how to move and then how to jump and you know what enemies end up doing and it's not anything overly complicated from the very start there's no dialogue no text no nothing to kind of distract it's just you know you boot up mario you put you know and start playing it and you can play it two player you know with taking turns so you play one you can kind of show you know how the beat certain areas or, or you know how the game works um, yeah. I like one of those things would be to slowly get to kind of like relive those games that I loved growing up and then kind of like reliving them with my kid. That's kind of like one of those dreams if I ever, you know, if and when I ever have a kid. Hopefully they, especially when they're young, until they get older and they have to like, you know, have free thing and they're leaving and they don't want to hang out with their parent anymore. Um, yeah, <laughs> until, yeah, yeah. until that moment happens, enjoy like kind of reliving these these games that I uh, grew up with and have loved. Because who knows by that, that point what'll, what'll be out. Right, right. Like, yeah, like you can vicariously play these old titles, you know, for the first time through them kind right. of a thing. Yeah. And what, what, what game would you play, Daniel? We talked a little bit about this, and I feel like I like way overthought it. But I, I would say <laughs> probably uh, like a Minecraft or something like that. You know, something where there really is no yeah, like Minecraft on like easy. You know, right? Where there really is no like failing. It's just kind of you're in this world, you get to do things and that kind of thing. But I feel like it, I guess if he expressed interest in video games, that I would uh, pursue. You know introducing him to older classics that I liked. I'm going to have to go with uh, the early Sierra series, um, <laughs> space, the Space uh, Quest. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm going Space Quest 1, 2, 3. Like, I've got to play him like that. Like, I think that was just, uh, those are the first games I remember playing. So we're going to put a controller in your hands right now, right? From whatever system. Mm -hmm. You have only the lives that the game starts you with. I mean, I guess, okay, keeping this in mind, you can get extra lives during the play, but it can't be a live exploit. Right. You know, okay. it can't be you know, something like that. So we just want to throw out some some games. We want to know if you could beat them right now. Like, if you just kind of turn around, look at a TV, and you can just you could just beat it right now <laughs> without, even, without even messing with it. Right? Yeah. So and we'll just kind of rapid fire some things out there. I don't even have a list prepared, so we may have to edit this down once yeah, I think of some stuff. Yeah, just go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, first Ninja Gaiden. Oh, man, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Bam, beat you. Ninja Gaiden, right now, I would say I would game over, like, by the end. Because uh, I, I, oh. I honestly haven't played it since, like, 2007, 2008. I mean, I can Ninja beat Gaiden it. Is... I can beat it after, like, you know, maybe a game over or two, especially near the very yeah. end. But, uh, yeah, I would say right now you hand it to me. Unfortunately, I would game over by before I beat it. Ninja Gaiden is kind of like one of the, the early, um, I guess, examples of, of games like having a flow. Like, and if you break the flow, you will die. Yeah, you know, like, kind of, yep. I remember uh, I'd never been able to beat it, but I've always been a huge fan and uh, Matt knew someone who could beat it. And we actually took a trip to his house to sit there and watch him beat it. And that, <laughs> that, that was like, what was that, like 2002 or three or something? Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I'd say yeah. way early. Yeah, yeah, that was a, yeah. It was been a while, but yeah, it was, it was enough where we're like, let's go do it, let's watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. 
All right, let's. I'm gonna throw one out. Low, low G man. I, you know what? I've never beaten low G man. Dude, okay, I feel way better about myself now. I, I've actually, I've never, I've, <laughs> I've only actually messed with it. I have, like, that's on the list of eventual of playthroughs one day. I'll eventually get to it. That's awesome. That man. was one yeah. of those games that Matt had, you know, still <laughs> when, whenever we became friends, kind of, which was like early high school. Went over to his house and he had low G man. Was like, yeah, of all the games, heard of that? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that beautiful yellow cover with yes. like you know the like, you don't even know what exactly it is before you pop it into yeah, the system. That's one of those. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's awesome, man. You, you can get in those huge robots. Yeah. You know, like that was the coolest thing ever. I, I don't think I ever got past the first level. Like maybe. <laughs> Maybe the second level. Yeah, that, I mean, that was like my entire experience with NES games, I feel like. You know, the first game I ever beat on NES was Zelda, the the first Legend of Zelda. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I felt like the, all the rest, it was just like, I'm going to play this until I die, and then, you know, I'm going to play outside or something. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let me think of one. Um, you did a huge... Uh, Mega Man. It was kind of like what you mentioned earlier, where you were doing a a, a series of videos. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna put you in Mega Man Two right now. Oh yeah, no no doubt. I could do Mega Man Two. I'm, I'm difficult. Not the normal setting that the U.S. got. That was like much much easier than the Japanese. Yeah. Like the actual difficult Japanese version. What? Yeah, because when you boot up Mega Man Two, you get the choice of normal or difficult. But the normal is only for the U.S. release because they wow. thought you know they the U.S. gamers couldn't handle it. But the difficult version is the version that Japan got, and that's like the version I can beat. Man, I feel like somehow I was a part of that survey and wasn't even aware. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I could handle the hard man. That's no, man, crazy. I'm telling you, man. Corn, like Corn Shack's the real deal, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about the uh, the first Mega Man? Um, yes, no problem with exploit. Without exploit, I may game over at Yellow Devil because it's been a little bit, but like I could beat all the first few levels. If I did Gutsman first and got past Gutsman level, then it's all smooth sailing pretty much from that point on because there's jumps at the very beginning where there's platforms that instant fall and you're just done. Uh, I, oh, I, yeah, at the very yeah. beginning of Gutsman level, I hate, I hate those things so much. Mm-hmm. I remember playing Dude. that countless times as a child. Never beat it. Has anyone? Okay, you, you you've been to a few conventions lately doing a speed run panel. Yeah. Have you ever seen anyone dressed up as the Mega Man on the box art of Mega Man One? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, the gun. I've, I, I've definitely seen cosplayers of it, but I don't know if I've actually seen one in person <laughs> at a convention. But that's he, that is my absolute favorite. The Street Fighter X, uh, um, whatever it was, Street Fighter X Tekken that came out a few years ago. They put Mega Man in the game as that Mega Man. Oh no way! Yeah, you can, what? Yes, it's uh, was that like DLC? It was DLC. Yeah, one of those okay, DLC man. things. But yeah, they like, they they put him in there. Like it's just an overweight guy in the blue and yellow suit and all that stuff. That is freaking awesome. Like that is that really is. that is who I'm going as if I ever get to attend a, a convention. <laughs> like that is what's going on. I really enjoyed that. The Street Fighter X Tekken. I thought that was pretty Yeah, good. I was actually one of the players. I was like, I was really enjoying it. And then everyone just around me was like, no, I'm back to Street Fighter. I'm not playing that anymore. I was like, okay, of course. As soon as I, I get a fighter that I'm actually enjoying, every one of my friends and everybody else just immediately bailed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's about right. What was the first game you ever beat? Yeah. And I think you've already said yours, right, Daniel? I did say mine. Yeah. Which was Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Zelda. Mine is Space Quest One. What what is what is the first game you ever beat, Corn First Chad? game I ever beat and played is the same, which is Super Mario Brothers One. That's impressive. Oh my like, god, man! I can't believe that. Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, can anyone say that? I was um, like, I don't know, two, I, two years old. I, my we have we have the footage somewhere of me holding the controller behind my back at two years old, playing through the game and beating it. Dude, you need to put that out. If, if I can, can ever find, find it, unfortunately, yeah. because just over yeah. the years, like so many things have happened with family and moves and stuff like that. A lot of the home footage of me, like yeah. from the early years playing games, there's a, there's a, this awful, like incriminating, but would be hilarious to watch. I'm like five years old playing Simon's quest, Castlevania two. And I'm, I beat the game. Uh, with the help of my yeah. aunt, there was no way I was figuring out like how to do the cryptic stuff without someone helping me. Yeah, but still, I was yeah. able to beat it when I was uh, five years old, and I'm like, my entire face is covered in chocolate pudding because, like, whatever. <laughs> like, so, like, I'm covered in chocolate pudding, and I'm beating Castlevania uh, two, and this is one of those like things that, like, I don't know, like, I think would be hilarious. I wish I could find the footage because number one, it proves yeah. that I beat Castlevania two as a kid, and also that you know how you know, all that yeah. stuff. But anyway, okay, okay, yeah. Let me just say that's amazing to me. 
uh, for just a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, I have a, a four-year-old. I cannot imagine him two years ago <laughs> beating <laughs> Super Mario. Also, uh, you're talking about playing uh, Simon's Quest at five, and you know I was probably three years older than that when I got an NES. Yeah. And I'm like moving both my hands like when I'm trying to make Mario jump. You know, I mean, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. seriously, like very, very bare bones beginning style. Like that, that's just crazy to me. All right, man. Scenario for you. You have access to a development team and an unlimited amount of money. What type of game would you make? And describe some of the mechanics, storyline, etc. And we may do two of these. I would be interested to know what game you would make out of passion versus what game you think would make money. Um, yeah. Well, okay, if I was making it out of passion, like a game I've always wanted to make. My favorite, one of my favorite games is Eight Eyes. It's the game I speedrun a million times. I still, at least as of this, have the world record in it. Uh, it's an awful game, but it's one that, for whatever reason, I have so many fond memories of as a kid, and I played it a lot. And until I started doing speedrunning, unless you're like you're a fan of mine and watch what I've done, you may never have even heard of the game. Like I do my panels at conventions, and there are people, a lot of people that still have never even heard of Eight Eyes. No, I, man, I played the shit out of that with my mom actually. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was I was really glad to see that you. I've never seen it beaten, and I've watched I've watched you speedrun it countless number of times. It's amazing. Yeah, um, so like that would be like that was one of those things. I mean, that's the game that got me even into doing speedruns on like you know in general. Uh, was that game, but yeah, I would love to own the rights to that somehow and be able to make a sequel on like an actual good, well-made sequel, you know, release it on, they would use old school graphics, you know, 8-bit graphics, all that kind of stuff, or maybe 16-bit at that point, um, but do everything, like fix the issues that the game had, you know, improve the weapon, um, because I think the entire setting of it all was interesting enough because it's the whole post-apocalyptic nuclear war uh, all these deformities and weird creatures have all been formed because of the nuclear fallout. That's what caused everything. Plus the entire mechanic of being able to use a Falcon in order to help you solve puzzles, hit switches, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. I think it's such a cool idea and something that hasn't been done very much at all through classic games and even nowadays as much that I would love to be able to like make a new, like an 8i sequel or at least a spiritual successor where it used a lot of the same mechanics, but uh, did so like you know fixed what the game did wrong that would be like the number one like i would always have wanted to do that um one thing that i've always wanted to do and this is kind of going to weird things because i am a fan of pro wrestling there has never been the to me in my head mind like the perfect pro wrestling game it just doesn't exist but the passionate the fan base for pro wrestling is so rabid and passionate I would love to combine basically the same style of in-ring like as the classic WF No Mercy for N64 or um, even some of the later uh, games uh, like Fire Pro Pro Wrestling is absolutely one of my favorite wrestling games, the whole Fire Pro series, uh, because it was a very much a, um, a simulation of wrestling in-ring, more so than a lot of the arcade style of wrestling that's happened since. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would take that along with a management simulator style game where you can run your own company, book the matches, uh, create gimmicks, all that kind of stuff. So a real playing engine that plays similar to like Dude. WF No Mercy or these games that have like are considered by wrestling fans the best playing wrestling games. And then combine that with a I play it on the computer. It's called Total Extreme Wrestling. Um, and it's a text-based wrestling simulator that's all about booking matches and, and all that kind of stuff. But combine those two elements into what I would consider like the ultimate pro wrestling game. And if you put a good, like you wouldn't have to get licensing from pro wrestlers because you would just get a really well done uh, creator wrestler. Uh, and fans are so passionate about creating wrestlers that they will easily be able to create ones that look exactly like the real wrestlers. So if people wanted to put those in there, they would be able to do that and have that and, and release that. Um, I, that's just something of like I think could do extremely well. It's something that wrestling fans desperately have wanted for a long time, and we don't get very many wrestling games nowadays anyway, other than WWE 2K every year. Um, so I know that there's still at least some kind of market out there for it. I don't know if it would make billions, uh, but I definitely yeah. see some money in something like that. 
That's awesome, man. I mean, I mean, yeah. that's such a great idea. I mean, when you were saying there's not a good one, you you are of course excluding the actual pro wrestling on the NES, right? Like with with Star with Starman and the. It's Amazon. actually funny that <laughs> game. The, uh, the, I love that game. The actual creator of it is the same guy who went on to create the Fire Pro Wrestling series. So if you oh, ever wow. play those or whatever, some of the same kind of grapple mechanics of the time based. Because uh, what pro wrestling yeah. did so well was it was a lot just like button mashing. You could, and you would think you're doing well, but it actually had right. timing to it for when the grapple hit to then put in your oh. input of what move you want to do. And then whoever inputted at the exact right moment correctly would be the one who actually pulled off the move. And that same man, I didn't know. Yeah, that. And that same mechanic well, I, was actually I mean, used in Fire Pro years later. You're probably blowing so many people's minds right now for the, the, uh, yeah. like mashing buttons and constantly losing to their neighbors. Yeah, know? like it's it's actually yeah. like the normal attacks and all that are all based on you know if you can hit the guy, but like when you actually grappled, it's actually more timing than actual uh, than just button mashing. Yeah, I mean, I remember going nuts on the controller, like with the grapple and everything. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah exactly. Spin move and everything, like yeah. I oh, love that game. When I, when yeah, I has, has has there? Ever, I mean, and of course, I was I was joking about oh, that know. being you know, but but like, I mean, I did love it. Has there been a wrestling game since to actually include the Amazon or Starman in it? <laughs> uh, like not as actual default characters, but um, Fire Pro Wrestling Returns for PS2, which was the last of the Fire Pro games, is actually available also for download on PlayStation 3. Uh, but it has a very passionate community, and I have a save data on my PS2 memory card of all the pro wrestler characters in that. And they all have the same moves and all from back then. And because of the way the graphics are done in Fire Pro Wrestling, which is still like sprite based or like, you know, um, drawings animated. Uh, they were able yeah. to create like the cell shaded look. So they look exactly like how you would imagine a newer updated model of like Amazon and Starman and, you know, King Corn Con or whatever, how those guys would yeah. look nowadays, like in a more modern game. And it's, it's actually it's awesome to play as it. Okay, wait. So this is a uh, character creator? Yeah, at Fire Pro, um, like Fire Pro Wrestling Returns is like it has all kinds of like default wrestlers in it and all, but there's a creator mode. And in the creator mode, people, you know, have created every wrestler you can possibly imagine, real, fictional, you know, cartoon characters, whatever it may be, and they put them into these games. Uh, and thus, you can, like, uh, download saves and stuff for it online and put them onto your system. Oh, man, that is so cool. Yeah, I would love yeah. I would love to see an updated uh, pro wrestling. Oh my god! That, yeah. that was a huge part of my childhood for sure. Just to show the historian level that you are, list all of the uh, fighters in pro wrestling real quick. Oh, oh god! Um, <laughs> uh, Amazon. Uh, was it King Corn Con or King? That's it. Um, and then obviously Starman. And then I got like trying to think of the other. I thought okay. I I thought of one. Is is it Fighter Hayabusa yeah, or that's something like it, that? Yeah, and, and it's actually all of them are actually based on real wrestlers, like their move sets and all that stuff. Oh, for real? Yeah, like if you go back into the guy, who, it was like a Giant Panther or Great Panther or something like yeah, that. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. he was like kind of a combination of um. Like Ric Flair and uh, Von Erichs, the like Harry Von oh, Erich. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and then there was um, like all of them, like even like uh, it was Amazon. I think it wasn't used like the whoever used the or Amazon bit, but there was a guy who used the fork, which was like uh, Abdul the Butcher. But um, yeah. yeah, anyway, so like those are like all of them are actually kind of based off of real ones. Even like the final secret super guy, like that you can only get yeah. after you defend the belt so many times. It was like giant puma or great puma or something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He, his whole thing is based off like the japanese wrestler tiger mask i'm looking it up here there's yeah fighter hayabusa Starman, ken corn karn yes uh giant panther the amazon and king slender i think yeah. king slender's who yeah, i'm he thinking has, about like, the long blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah. like the mr mr perfect kind of guy what was the the worst game that you played a ton of as a kid? I'll, I'll tell you, mine was that I don't know if it was which Superman it was, but it was a Superman where you would you would get like negative power ups and you would change you, you you could go like change into Superman at a phone booth. It was like the worst game ever, but I would keep renting it and I loved it on, origi I, on, on original on, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah on on so NES. Yeah, was it was it was probably super. It was, it was Superman. It was definitely the Superman game with the little tiny sprites and everything like that. That's yeah, it. right. Like yeah, Tiny Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one of the funny things about that game, just random fact for you, um, 
the sound like uh, because it was based on Superman, instead of like getting the license for the music because of copyright issues, what they did was in Japan, if you bought the Japanese version of that game, it had the Superman theme, like the movie theme done for the system. But when they brought it to America because of copyright issues with like having to pay royalties for the song, they instead replaced the entire soundtrack in the game with some random Japanese RPG that never came to America. So like when we wow. got it, it was all like generic music that like you're like listening to like, wow, why not just use the Superman theme, you know? But, right, right. Oh, it was awful. But uh, that's the reason why is because they didn't want to pay royalties. So they took out the soundtrack uh-huh. for the American release and replaced it with a random Japanese RPG that never actually made the North Man, America. That is such a cool, fun fact. It's like- uncool yeah man that's so cool that you know that off the top of your head um <laughs> oh. uh, i was actually gonna ask uh did you have anything else matt or no no i, I just want to know what you what y'all's were the worst game that you played um, absolute oh, oh, oh yeah go ahead Corey J. uh i um i don't know what the i mean one of them is definitely back to the future two and three which is my, I, oh my which God. i consider my least i always everyone always asks what's your what's the le- your least favorite game or the worst video game you've ever played that kind of stuff and i always go to that because of just how not only like how awful the game is, but it was how cryptic it is. Trying to figure out how any of that stuff worked. As a kid, I would play for hours upon hours upon hours and never have a clue of what I was actually supposed to be doing in that game. And not like when I started doing videos, I was like the, one of the first games. I was like, this is on my short list. I have to beat this game. I have to know how it plays. Like I, it's bugged me since I was a kid. So that was like one of the very first videos I ended up doing. Man, that's this is a hard one for me. I, I, I. I think I would say maybe the the Wolverine for NES. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. that game quite well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you hit select to bring out your claws and everything. And it doesn't it 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 it, it seems like in my memory it hurt you to have your claws. It does. Like, um, it it, it, yeah. it hurts you. I actually have the world record still in that game. Hey, um, all right, man. Um, but uh, yeah, like it, it hurts you. And uh, the, what the worst thing is, even more so, is and this is from like speed running and all that. Uh, when you defeat an enemy, you gain like a bit of your berserk meter, and if it fills up, Wolverine becomes uncontrollable. Like he just starts punching and kicking <laughs> and clawing. It was just supposed I to be like that. a it was supposed yeah. to be like a power up, <laughs> but you have no control. So if you have to jump or platform, which there's a lot of platforming in the game, you just end up falling into the pits and dying because Wolverine's just you he like rabies mode. Like he just completely loses. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine's freaking out. Yeah, like, it's like yeah. you can't control him anymore. He's freaking out. Right. And like, you yeah, have to wait yeah. until that wore out. It's like, okay, now I can finally like actually attack. So like when learning to speed run it, I had to figure out how many enemies like the not attack at all. So most of the time I'm running and jumping or just running through enemies because if I accidentally kill them, I may get that berserk mode end up happening and then I'm yeah, screwed yeah. in it like yeah, as a speed run. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, that's probably what messed me up so much as a child. Like, you know, it's it's, it's also one of those yeah, games like, that has no oh, uh, yeah. invisibility frames. So, like, if you step into an enemy, he just keeps hitting you until your health's all gone if you don't react quick oh, enough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wolverine having his, his claws out, hurting him health wise. Right. Uh, yeah, it makes no no, absolutely no sense, sense whatsoever. Right. It yeah, took him yeah. a while. They finally got like Wolverine's power. Like in later games, finally, you know, they got it correct. But like, there's early, early ones now. Like it's not good. Man, yeah, yeah I've got to say, actually, in a related note, uh, I feel like the the best thing to come out of the in my opinion, the the Wolverine origin story movie was that Wolverine game. Oh yeah, like that game's not bad. It, felt, it really, I mean, I really felt like yeah, it felt yeah, pretty pretty vicious and pretty right on. Yeah. You know, man, I think that's all we have for you, man. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> like this was absolutely amazing and mind blowing for me. Yeah, uh, I cannot. It's 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 odd talking to someone that you you listen to so much because I would just expect you to just keep talking and like me having to right, like, you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, yeah. I, now I like, talk. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I say something now, like, no, he's supposed to provide the entertainment. <laughs> so, so like, which, 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 which you, you have done so, uh, very graciously and very well, man. Um, do you have anything you, that you'd like to promote? The biggest thing just for me is my YouTube, uh, which like trying to fit like the way YouTube does their whole uh, kind of like naming scheme. But uh, it's YouTube.com slash user, U-S-E-R slash Cornshack, C-O-R-N-S-H-A-Q, as in Shaquille O'Neal, uh, gaming, G and then it's uh, G-A-M-I-N-G. 
that's the uh, the actual channel. If you search Corn Shack in YouTube, it comes right up. Like the first video is the Red Super we talked about earlier, but when you search Corn Shack, it's the very top. It'll be like channel, and, and you can go right to it and all that good stuff. If you guys happen to see the the video that he's referring to, uh, the the Red Super, and you want to join in on the um the beat down <laughs> that, that I'm trying to organize, uh, just send us an email and uh, we'll all get together and go on Corn Shack's behalf and uh, no one will ever uh, hear from those guys again. So it'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they actually still run, a, like their channel's still up running, and but they don't do like what they used to. They now are posting like other random, like they make fun of Flash games and just that kind oh, of okay. stuff. Like it, it's completely changed. Like they eventually realized that you know, whatever they were doing and all that kind of stuff, but it's whatever. Yeah. I, I remember, I want to make shirts. Like I remember, you know, it's like, yeah, they grew conscious apparently. Yeah. 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 I I don't know if they're even like all the same people that did it to start off or the same people doing it now. I, I, cause I don't pay attention to it. So I have no idea. I wanted to say, um, that, um, me and Matt really appreciate you agreeing to do this. It's cool, man. No problem. I I enjoyed it. I just, like I said, it's the first time I've kind of done something like this. Hopefully it turned out well and you guys got everything. Oh, hell yeah. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I'd like to encourage you guys to follow us on SoundCloud. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We also have a Clamor page, and we can also be found on Twitter at GYMRCast. We can also be reached directly at GetYourMindRightCast at gmail.com. I'm sorry, what was that? GetYourMindRightCast at gmail.com. Thanks, Daniel. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And if you have listened this far, that's on you. This has been Get Your Mind Right with Matt and Daniel. I'm Matt. And I'm Daniel. Thanks, everybody. See you guys. Yeah!